But if bold as saints go, disco. Mothers may be radical, barely hypocritical, but even patients that we lose are overly emphatical. Lost ain't no disco. Preach yourself to an examination at St. No Disco. You can smell the dedication at St. No Disco. To cause an infection, to become a vivisection. Give us your diagnosis, cause we welcome your injection. At St. No Disco. That St. No Disco. This St. No Disco. Welcome to Improv Insider. In the late 90s, there was a show called Improzac, which I guess if you were to say there was a classic independent improv show, it would probably be Improzac. If you look at all the CVs at a lot of the top improvisers in Sydney, they all list Improzac as, as kind of the main show that they were involved in around that time. And when people talk about Improzac, they kind of talk about it in almost reverential terms. Um, and to find out all about Improzac and if it's actually worthy of that praise, um, <laughs> today I'm, I'm speaking with the man who, who created this show, uh, John Knowles. Welcome, John. Oh, thank you very much. Um, why don't um, we get... Yeah? Well, I better put a proviso <laughs> in right up the top because it was <laughs> Improzac was co-created by myself and Adam Jalin. Right, okay. So... Um, I, I did more of the direction, he did more of the producing, but it was it was both of our ideas. Yeah, right, good. Okay, well, we'll get into that in a bit more detail as we go forward. Um, why don't you just start us off how you actually got into into improv. All right. Um, um, improv. Impro- yeah, well, I, I, if we go way back, mm. I was improvising in high school uh, because in, in Canada they, they have a... Not a, so much a strong impro, although they do have a strong impro sort of scene and culture there because a lot of the main companies started there. But because our high school had enormous amounts of arty people, like we had, I was in a high school with 2,000 students, and that's just grade 10 to 12. When they had assemblies, they had enormous assemblies where, where the quality was high and, mm. and you had to audition to get into the right. assembly and... And, um, you know, there was a lot of comedy act type people trying to get in. And, and so you had to really up the, the stakes. And so my acts were often um, quite outlandish. Um, and, and just because I wanted to be on stage yeah, yeah. so bad, yeah. I, you know, I was such a, you know, a look at me type of guy. Um, so where other kids would come up with a sketch that involved, you know, a wordy play on words or something, um, I would build a you know, uh, an eight foot high foot and, and drop it from above the 30 high ceiling onto my head without anyone knowing that was going to happen because I'd snuck in the night before and strung it up, um, and nearly got killed. Um, but it was funny. Um, so things like that. And another time I, I snuck a, 
a, a real chainsaw into the high school and in the middle of another guy's act I, I burst through the curtains and I cut his guitar in half with you know bits right. of yeah. but I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize that a cheap guitar would have still have the piece of metal in the yeah, in and the, so I got halfway through and sparks started flying <laughs> and I had to go from the under and go up and and in the end I couldn't cut through the metal so I grabbed it off him and smashed it on the ground and anyway so I, mm. I, I got in, you know, suspended a number of times from as a direct result of the assemblies where I was trying to be funny. Mm. So I think that was the beginning of wanting to to do things that were impetuous and mm. crazy on stage in an improv sort of way, you know, yeah. non scripted. Maybe an idea. Go on with an idea and see yeah. what happens. Because you, you've done a whole bunch of other things as well. I mean, you got an actor training and you're a musician, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, okay. So on, on the improv side, where did that? Well, I, I I went to uh, formal acting school for mm-hmm. I got thrown out of Dalhousie, which is a really good one, and then I got kicked out of Ryerson, which is a better one. <laughs> That's like our NIDA, and, uh, and then I started, <laughs> I got kicked out of, uh, of Ryerson mm-hmm. because I was doing stand up on the side, right. and uh, you weren't allowed to do that, mm-hmm. and they didn't think I was focused enough. Oh, sure. Not Ryerson <laughs> material, they said. Um, so then uh, uh, I started just started doing comedy and I met up with two guys from Ryerson who were also comedian improvisers and mm-hmm. we started doing some just a little bit of improv together we had a, a, a sketch group called um, the bouncing sheep and the bouncing sheep used to go into all the contests and we ended up winning this big um, intervarsity comedy contest mm-hmm. which um, gave us some money and a bit of a tour and then they wanted to do more music so they became Pamplemousse which is still going mm-hmm. they've got some albums out and and I went on to do more improv I started taking some courses with Keith Johnston mm-hmm. and um, Second City in Toronto yeah. and uh, essentially just wanted to find guys like I was I was around at the time that Kids in the Hall were very popular so they mm-hmm. were my heroes at the time and, uh, and those guys were my teachers at improv class and uh, and they were also doing spots around the city as their own solo characters, and that's what I thought. Oh wow, that's what I can do. So, um, and then I got a chance to work my way to Australia on a container ship, and yeah, that, uh, I did that, that kind of work. Um, well, my mum and my brother wanted to come to Australia. My mum got divorced and mm-hmm. decided to come back to Australia. She's Australian, and she found out that you could work your way on a on this German container ship if you you know you worked hard and. And it was free. Your passenger was free yeah. if you worked. So so they did that, my mum and my brother. And then a year later, I thought, well, I'll do it too. So I um, you know, went out and waited in Halifax mm-hmm. for a German container ship to pull into town. And, you know, you go and you meet the captain. And if he likes you, he says, get on. you got a half an hour. And then you, your life's going to change because yeah. you never come back to yeah. Canada, <laughs> practically. Um, and so that's what happened. I, mm. I jumped on this boat. And uh, and they have they've got like eight ships that go around the the world and uh, and I went in I, and I sat in the in the mess um, about to have lunch and I looked over in the corner and there was this little flower arrangement that I recognized because my mum makes them and I went over and I picked it up and it said flowers by June my mum so I was on the same <laughs> boat in the same cabin completely by fluke yeah wow so so mm. I thought I'm meant to be I'm meant You're to go to, to Australia yeah. yeah okay so rocked up here got here. Immediately started a rock band. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> I was in a group called the Urge Curve, and then a group called uh, Step Back, which is a covers group. Actually, in the reverse order, Step yeah. Back first with with um, Tom Simmons. 
Yeah, yeah. He was the lead singer, uh, another improviser. And uh, we did that for about eight years. Uh, in the meantime, I started taking courses with mm. Lynn Pierce. Yeah, right. So okay. I wanted Just to through the old theatre sports team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was on at the same time as learning as uh, James O'Loughlin, mm. uh, Adam Jalin. A lot, that sort of era became the basis for Improzac. Right. Mostly because Theatre Sports Inc. had a huge stable of stars at that time. A lot of the people that are still around and a lot of greats that are gone. And there just was no stage time for yeah. you know the newer players. So we took the hospital show, as it was known back then, um, to uh, the artistic director of Theatre Sports Inc. and said, we'd like to do this as, as a Theatre Sports Inc. show. And... We were told, just do it yourself. It's, you, you, you'll, you'll get Can much get more back? out of it. Can we get back yeah, yeah. To, in the lead up to that? So yeah, how, yeah. Did, how did that kind of come about? That you'd, well, you know, there, was a, there was a group Theater of Sports us. Inc. had its thing. Yeah, yeah. And Theatre Sports Inc. was doing a lot of really fun, unusual shows, like Espresso Sports. I don't know if you heard about that one. Mm. That's, every scene has to be one minute long. Right. Um, you know, that was a Steve Walsh show. Uh, there was another one, Tudor Sports, where it was all done in you know Tudor mm. language and yeah. all in full costume. And a lot of them were really themey shows. That was happening at Belvoir, and on the other side of the town at the Harold Park Hotel, which is the home of comedy mm. around that time, um, all the themed long form was going on. So you had um, uh, Bonds have more fun, um, improvised um, Gilligan's Island. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, completely lost in space. You had uh, the Brady Bunch. Anyway, there's a lot, a lot of shows. Yeah. Essentially, uh, the same cast with a few uh, extras thrown in. You know, the Murrays, Michaels, Ewan, Jenny Hope, Tanya Bulmer. You know, people like that. There's the, um, Judith Duncan the, and Steve Johnston. Really, mm-hmm. that, that that was the core. And they they did. Um, great shows that involved you know uh, learning learning an episode or two of of a classic sitcom and then taking suggestions for for what the dialogue would be with with set pieces Hmm. all through it yeah so everyone loved those and they ran for you know ages some of them even went on tour to melbourne comedy festival and stuff like that um because they were doing other ones like Macbeth as well at the same time um Anyway, we, we used to watch them and think, well, we want to be in a show mm. like that. This is the newer players. Was that all Theatre Sports Inc.? Uh, no, Just those were independent. Anything right. that was at Harold Park was independent. Right, okay. Uh, I think the first one ever done was Impro Cafe. And that was Marco Mustak and Michael Gregory. All right. And so, so then they established Impro on Thursday nights and then it became Friday nights, Saturday nights, whatever. And then by the time the Improzac sort of new young guns of theater sports were <laughs> being denied stage time because yeah. there was too many good players. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it was, it might've been Tanya Bulmer or maybe it was Marco told us to take the hospital show and just go to the Herald Park and see if you can do it yourself. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll get more out of it and you'll own yeah. it right. is what he said. I, I think it was him. So how did you get the idea then? The idea came from, um, it was a combination to be honest. I wanted to do a hospital show, like it was going to be called Totally ER at one point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, then, and then I went to Calgary and I saw a show called uh, Dynasty. 
yeah which is still going yeah it's like yeah. it's the ongoing soap yeah um and it, it it's a great idea it's not always a great show let yeah. me tell you yeah. it's a good show sometimes and it's a yeah. fantastic show once in a while but because they use casts that come and go and new people get a character and they might be in it for a few shows and then that disappears it's more the fun of it's like going to see Rocky Horror. Yeah. You go because you love the show, and it can be good on one night. You can you can see a famous person who you, you know is back in town just shows up out of the blue. Mm. That was the beauty of it. And we had that idea for the hospital show. We'd have a cast of five, and we'd have either a guest um, guest star as the patient, or we'd you know, rotate in, rotate in someone famous as the person who sits in the chair. And the idea behind Prozac was that you're watching a television show, which is Saint No Disco, the which is the ER type show, um, and uh, more like uh, what was it? what's the other hospital Saint something Saint Elsewhere or something, mm-hmm. whatever it's called, mm-hmm. um, and and at any time the the guy in the chair who's sitting out in the audience can has a great big remote, you know, yeah. like a big yeah. old brick type yeah. remote. And he and it makes a big noise when he hits it, and the lights change. So the lights go down on the stage when he hits his button, and up on him in amongst the crowd. And he just turns to the crowd and says, "What would you rather happen? Or uh, do you like that last bit? Should we rewind it and find out, uh, go a different direction? Or what's what's a problem that they don't know about?" Uh, that's happening on the other side mm. of the hospital, yeah, or whatever. And you, you, so you could, you could add bits of, you know, challenges, funny info, you know, offers, whatever you want to call them, um, but not break the characters. Mm. So the, you yeah. know, as, as you would know, yeah. most people who go to impro know the worst part about the hardest part about doing a long form show is where do we get the the ask fors at the beginning or during the show. If it's at the beginning, great, but then you're stuck doing a long form where you can't get any more yeah. info. If it's all through the show, how do you keep the people on stage from having to break the character, turn to the audience and go, okay, so you at the back, can I have mm. uh, the school I went to? Great. Okay, now I'll get back into my yeah. character as yeah. you know Dr. Spock or whatever. Uh, so we tried to solve that with this, with this uh, you know, slightly... Um, not arrogant, but what, what was he? Just uh, uh, the guy in the chair had had full control and was uh, uh, was really pushing butt. So if someone was having a hard time up there, they gave him more of a hard time. Right. Yeah. You know, they knew that they could control the storyline by just asking for a suggestion and then adding it, knowing it was actually going to help the players if mm-hmm. they were going awry. But you know, the good players wanted to be, yeah, yeah, you know, dumped on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was so fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the beginning, the the cast, the first cast was people that you wouldn't probably even know because they they disappeared not not long after, like um, Nicole Moon and um, Penny Cooper. Mm. I mean, they were our two star females, uh, apart from the, the the old nurse, which was Lindy uh, Lindy Walsh, um, and uh, you know they all they all, they all had their specialties. Yeah. You know, some people love rhyming, some people love yeah, characters, yeah. whatever. So you knew you could dump something hard, yeah. but that's what they wanted. Okay, so let's go to. Um, uh, they said, take your idea. Go yeah, take it independently. You yep. approached the Herald at that point, did you? Uh, yes, we approached the Herald Park, yeah. which was at the time just changing. 
um, hands between uh, Mark Morgan, who backed a lot of the, um, like Bonds Had More Fun and all those shows, yeah. and he had sold out his part of the hotel to his brother, Simon, who had not really had a lot to do with comedy or entertainment. Mark was the, the mm-hmm. real arty one. Um, Mark at the time was married to Gretel Colleen. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so so Simon took over. He, he was like, let's try new things. So he was giving anyone who had a, a, a good little idea a go. Mm. He was like, that was so great. Cause you could awesome. sh- same with God's Cowboys. I don't yeah. know, that was my, another thing I did, a cabaret act. No one had heard of us, and he just said, "Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, why don't I give you three Thursday, Friday, Saturdays in a row, mm. and let's see how you go." And that that is unheard of, really, yeah, in, yeah, in, a, in sure. a city where there's only two venues yeah. to, to get the prime night. So, and Prozac was luckily lucky enough to do a little season which really worked, and then be given the prime season, which was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. October, November, December. Yeah, wow. And we had that for three years. That, so, you, so, you, so you locked in the first season, which was a you said Thursday? a short one. Short yeah, one. Yeah, I oh. think it was like a mid mid year yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. It might have been a month or two. Okay. So, did you already know the cast you were going to use? How did how did you cast it? How did you? We cast it. Pull all that uh, the cast was essentially um, everyone who wasn't a main stage regular. Like right, the best okay. of the new people. Yeah. So if you if you were it was it was the the people that that I had gone through Glynn's course with. So they included like James O'Loughlin, um, Adam, myself, um, uh, a few people that that were kind of on the side. Like Dan, um, Dan Cordeaux had just got back from Canada. Yeah. Wasn't no one really knew what he yeah. was up to. So he was brilliant, of course. Yeah. Um, and. Who else? Oh, I should mm. look in here. If I open this, you'll see. Because, because you're improvising with them and just thought, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they they um they heard about the the, the show and they weren't they, they weren't they weren't impro snobs yet. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, <laughs> yeah. you know and I mean that yeah, in the yeah. nicest possible way. They were, yeah, for sure. They, there, there were people that wanted to, to see if it was going to work before they said, "Can I be in the show?" Yeah. So we couldn't get those people yet. Yeah. We had to, the show had to prove itself. So we. You know, people like Lisa Ricketts was brand new then. Yeah. David Hillard, Angus, these Angus Sampson, they're all people that hadn't made a name for mm. themselves yet, but were going to be great. Yeah. Um, so luckily, we, we sort of just went, okay, you can all be in it, essentially. There's about 12 of us. Uh, and we'll have a cast of six or seven on a night. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, we just were really trying to, you know, stack the deck with yeah. you know, a lot of people. Um, you know, good people that we thought, oh, yeah. someone's got a fire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You know, yeah, someone's yeah. going to be yeah, good. I don't know the feeling. <laughs> um, and then we just had a lot of rehearsal because yeah. we, we, my vision, if you want to call that, for the show was a show where, because of the way the Harold Park stage was, uh, you couldn't get from one side to the other very easily, yeah. right? Um, which was good and bad. Mm. What it meant was you often got stuck on the yeah. far side, yeah. right? So when you're stuck on the far side, we thought we need ways to get you across um, because you need to be able to have a quick whisper, and yeah. right? So we invented this elaborate um, system of uh, hand signals where you, you could go, not, not be seen by the audience, but you could tell someone across what room you're going to 
and whether you're going to just pass them in the hall, whether you're going to meet. So we're going to meet. I'm, you can't see, but I'm doing. We're going to yeah, meet yeah. signal in the in the laundry, right? So John's doing this I mean, yeah. <laughs> quite a complex yeah. set of hand signals here. So. Yeah. So are, are, are we going to meet in the morgue, right? And um, and the morgue was where. Um, um, Steve Walsh character yeah, yeah. Shmoo hung out. He never left the morgue. Yeah. Why did you? Why did you think you need needed hand signals? Um, well, because we we didn't like we we wanted to look seamless that the the players were improvising but yeah. not being told everything by the guy in the chair. It yeah. had to look like it was a show that was happening. It would yeah. happen normally if it wasn't interrupted. Yeah. Otherwise, they otherwise the people wait. They, you know, the, as an improviser, if you know you've got a narrator, half of you is waiting. It's like doing a typewriter. Half of you is going, well, I'll only say a short sentence because I know he's going to cut in and go, uh, meanwhile, on the other side. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a weird way to improvise. Um, so we wanted the people to go, okay, uh, we're going we're gonna to meet uh, at reception. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So we would just, you know, the, the last scene would come down and suddenly we'd be walking on from opposite sides, meet at reception, start a scene. And that would be uh, completely improvised as far as the guy in the chair was concerned yeah he would suddenly go oh uh okay they're in reception we've just found out um who walks in what famous person walks in someone from a 70s mm. you know you know whatever yeah. sitcom you know whatever you might yeah you might yeah. get yeah. kid dynamite or whatever so then that they knew that that someone new was going to come yeah. with, a, with a with a problem at reception okay. um okay so did the did the guy in the audience? He wasn't a normal cast member. He was a special guest. Is that right? No, he was. A, he was. He had, a cast member. He was a cast member. He was oh, crucial. Okay. So he he knew that you guys ever, were doing. It was only ever myself and uh, right. Okay. And uh, okay. I think maybe maybe Dave Hillard got to go, and maybe um, James got to go. But I think right. it was usually Adam and I. It was okay. usually Adam and I. Yeah. Okay. Because it was too much to remember. Yeah. You, know, you, you had you had three plots. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. The way no, the no. show worked is that there were three plots. So there was, there was a love interest. Um, there was a, a problem uh, with the staff. Something, something going on. Friction between two staff members, mm. and there was an overriding yeah. thing, like the, like the, the, yeah. I don't know, the hospitals on, in a mudslide. So it's all moving towards the sea or something. Yeah. Something yeah. so ridiculous and big yeah. that it affected mm-hmm. everyone. But it couldn't be stopped by any one yeah, person. Yeah. So, and they'd be asked for as you get up front. Those yeah, 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 yeah. So they would happen. Uh, yeah, they would happen in the first yeah. 10, 20 seconds of the show. The show started with with um, the special guest getting hurt or getting his disease or whatever it happened yeah. uh, before the show started. So it was like a yeah. TV show. You see that little clip, yeah. and then he gets rushed to hospital, and then he had the opening credits and then the next scene is him arriving yeah so um or, how did you do the opening credits uh we like wrote a very catchy or... song which i should give right, you okay. if you can play <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh and, and we came out with cards we had cards that said our our, right, our okay. name yeah. and and um uh to to the to this boppy you know jingly song yeah and uh yeah and so we all we did frozen poses um, and then, and then, as 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 everyone got to the the stage, um, you realize, okay, so the the 
some are nurses, some are doctors, some are patients, some mm. like, or one might be an administrator or yeah, like yeah. the moral guy. And you're costumed, right? So F- fully costumed. Fully costumed yeah. So you already knew characters pretty much. With with a lot of costumes out the side because yeah, we right. played all the incidentals as well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, actually the costuming and the, the we had one piece of furniture which was uh, an authentic, like not quite a gurney, but it was a, a, a hospital thing that I got from a, a hospital that was being torn apart. I kind of, kind of stole it. Mm. Um, I wouldn't admit to stealing hospital beds. No, well, it, was, it was it was a hospital in in Oxford near Oxford Street, not not yeah. not the Vincent's, the one that that used to be a woman's hospital, and it was being closed down. We were shooting a, a video for a, a guy named George Katzi, another player. Yeah, yeah. It was shooting mm. a video for. for for some horrible disease or something like that and I, I was playing a patient and I saw this bit of equipment I said can we borrow that he said yeah yeah I'll tell them you borrowed it and then the next thing I knew I said can we give it back and he said that hospital's gone I said well good because we're doing another season <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it was this this rolling thing that had uh, a table and then it had a, a um, like a shelf underneath so in the shelf was all manner of disguises and little proppy things hand props what was covered up by this beautiful um hospital colored green um uh cover that lindy sewed um and uh and so you could lay on it and be on on a on a stretcher you could lay on it and be in in surgery yeah or you could get behind it open it put some new bit on and yeah, come right. up as a different yeah, yeah. character so it was the only way to change your character while you're on stage right. um, but once we figured that out it meant that you could do that it meant that you could yeah. make these quick silly changes yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a lot of goofy putting mustaches on sure, and stuff sure. like that so if you had costumes up the side and you were changing like for incidentals and stuff like that I mean how, how, how quick was that was that happening I mean well pretty quick and often you were doing it um and you'd get changed, and then the guy on the, you know, the, yeah. on, on the remote would say, and in walked Dr. Parker, and you're, you're dressed as an old lady, and you've got to throw that off and stumble, yeah. or, or, or yeah. justify why, walk on like that yeah. and say, you know, oh, tonight's the big, uh, you know, masquerade. You know, Dr. Parker, what are you yeah. going as? I'm going as my mom. Yeah. Whatever, you know, just to, yeah, yeah. because you didn't have time to take it off, yeah. or whatever. You know, I mean, half, that was half the fun. I remember one night we... I think it was one like the 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 hospital was was filling up with water or something was something to to do with water, and I and I went off one side and um, and just as I was about to come on, um, uh, James O'Loughlin uh, poured this enormous thing of water over both of us, and we walked on drenched and dripping, and you know and and he said some great line like you know you know. <laughs> We've just come from the basement. It's flooded, you yeah, know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and it yeah. was one of those moments where you did, yeah, I didn't yeah. see it coming, and suddenly yeah. I was drenched and you know sputtering, and you know there was a lot of that because you didn't have any of the restrictions yeah, of, yes. of of a proper theater, <laughs> yeah. shall we say? Uh, you know, I'm sure there was uh, electrical equipment <laughs> just waiting to uh, to go wrong and kill us all, but it never happened. So yeah, so, mm. so 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 that was okay. that was the reason. If we to have lots of costumes, just meant it was it was a bit zanier when yeah. you did that. We really we wanted it to stay within the hospital look of of yeah. patients, doctors. But you know, um, yeah. was was there absurdity? Oh, 
crazy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, especially especially with um, Nigel because Nigel yeah. uh, played the Reverend in that character you may have seen because he took yeah. that character and made it into a stand-up show and he toured it all over the place. It, he still does it sometimes. It's a fantastic character. This Transylvanian um, uh, Reverend uh, who uh, had what he called his Bibble uh, and uh, you know he was shall we say the campest of all uh, uh, reverends ever yeah. and he and uh, Shmoo in the morgue were always uh, concocting something that had to do with devilishly deathy kind of stuff something was going on yeah. between those two and if uh, you know if Shmoo needed a patient or a dead body to find out something then the reverend somehow could arrange it um he was always uh, extorting money and doing, you know, yeah. finding himself choir boys and all so, the things that. <laughs> yeah. So how much of that was uh, uh, preset? I mean, or did you did that come out in rehearsals? That it, it, the character. I mean, came the fact out. that you would have two in the basement in the morgue. You know, and they would all be always be concocting something. Did that just come out of the first couple of shows? Yeah. Or it, it, no, it just it came out of the first few shows right, because okay. we found that when. When the Reverend went to the morgue, it, it hardly needed the guy in the in the in the chair we called in the yeah. chair to do yeah. anything. Yeah. He might give one quick suggestion, and those two bounced off each other so well that the scene would go five minutes, and then we just have to cut it because yeah. it was so funny. Yeah. But we got you know all the other yeah. characters where are yeah. they? Yeah. Um, and so we we found that the a, a lot of times we would. We would set that up. We would go, okay. Yeah. So the, the, he's going to the morgue in scene four. We can count on that scene, yeah, yeah, you know, to yeah, be yeah. silly or to work or yeah. to, you know, because we'd I what I'd often get um, Steve to do, or he did, he started doing it on his own. Is he would mind pulling out a a, a, a Steve, body Steve Walsh Steve Walsh. Yeah. He would mind pulling out a, a, a body drawer, and and I would stop him and say, who's who's on this lab or who's in the drawer, and the audience would would name them be it a dead person or a live person who yeah. you know famous person who's now dead and 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 then steve would make a one-liner about the way he looked based on that and in would walk the reverend with the reason just because we because yeah. it always seemed yeah. to happen or what why why he was sent to this morgue because he had a plan and it was spontaneous because he couldn't know who was on there but mm. it worked so so well having these two mm. you know standing around yeah. this famous dead body yeah. poking it and making gags and deciding how they were going to use the parts was, or was Nigel in the first season yes yeah. okay and was Stephen first yeah. season as well yeah okay yeah the first uh, I think the first season just so I'll yeah. go down the yeah, list yeah. was James Nigel Steve Lindy Nicole myself Penny um and Dan Okay. And, and Adam, and I, I would imagine. Sorry, Dan Lloyd and uh, Dan Cordo and Adam. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. That okay. was the first cast. Hmm. The next cast started with Tanya and, uh, and Angus. Hmm. And, and, and then all the, you know, all the big names all the eventually joined coming, it. Yeah. Julia became the star in the, in the third season, of course, with her hmm. French character who, uh, <laughs> who ran the hospital. Right, and, yeah. and smoked while she did operations, and uh, yeah, so. So, how much rehearsal did you do? Then? We did a lot to 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 get ready for the first season, probably three months. Yeah. Um, 
what once a week yeah. oh once or twice yeah yeah, yeah. We, were, we were really trying to to get the system down so that um so that we weren't working out too many things when we opened so we, we it was pretty it was pretty tight by the time we opened but of course we were making it up as we went along so we were you know tweaking the formats yeah. and we didn't know how much you needed the the um the guy in, right. yeah. in the in the audience at the beginning we had him on too much he was stopping way too often uh just because we thought the fun was uh, you know reverse did it all the gaggy stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and very funny but then we realized that the real fun was watching these guys set up their own storylines and then adding the twists from the audience so yes he's got his daughter coming in to to watch him be a doctor or whatever yeah. what's his, what's the problem with his daughter oh whatever she's you know she's an eataholic all right okay so so then the real show was about their relationship yeah rather than um let's see that as if it was on sbs like yeah, we, yeah all that yeah, stuff yeah, that we did yeah, the f- yeah, yeah. we thought was going to be the show yeah right so it morphed right well, okay, it grew right. grew yeah. out of that into a show that really was just you know what's on his mind yeah what uh, you know what's in his history who's outside the door you know all those kinds of things not games we hardly did any games yeah. we did we did some um reverse fast forward sometimes we go what's on another channel just because it was funny yeah and two two people in whatever costume they were in outside had to run on and do a scene from another channel yeah. for 10 seconds yeah um we did a, something we, we came up with that I really enjoyed was because it had an intermission for two reasons. One, because it was a really long show. It was um, 40 and 40, which is long for us. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, two acts. Yeah. So. Um, sometimes 40, 30, but often yeah. went 40, 40. Um, so at half time, we would sit in a circle and go, what? What do we got? Cause, mm. Because there were so many offers so many sidelines, so many uh, characters. You had to go, what are the strong ones and what does the audience want? Well, they really want to see, yeah. you know, Jimmy, the little kid who wandered in from down the road. He was popular. Let's make him good. Uh, I think we dealt with the, the helicopter pilot who's crashed and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we'd, we'd narrow it down. We'd go around a circle. What do you got? What do you got? And we'd, and we'd put it on a, a piece of paper and we go, okay, so... First scene, you deal with that, that, and that, so it never has to come back. Um, your main second half is about that, this thing, love interest. Mm-hmm. That's all you yeah. got to worry about, and it's it's up to the rest of the cast to push that. Um, is everyone had like two or three things they had to sew up in the first scene of second half, um, and that sorry, that's the second scene because in the first yeah. scene we did a recap. Right. We did a one minute recap so of like everything that had happened. Or... Yeah. yeah. Every funny line, every silly, stupid thing um, in super fast motion. It was just, yeah. it was dumb, but it was mm. fun because it made them remember, okay, yeah, that was way yeah, at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we used it for two things. We could get rid of a few things in the montage yeah, yeah. and we got to remind them of why we want, why we've decided at halftime without you knowing that this is important, <laughs> you know? Yeah reiterate it's something that we really wanted to explore in the second half and and that device is really helpful in a in a really yeah, long yeah. form like you you can do long form without it and you know the good players of course they do it brilliantly without it but when you have that opportunity to go to halftime and have a think of where we stand 
you come back with such a more solid second half mm. because you, you you can you can trim off the the, the bits that were were real spontaneous um, trips down long dark alleys that you don't really need to go back down, mm. um, but are still on the minds of the audience. Mm. Yeah, so so that was helpful. So yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Um, did did that overload the second half at all? Having so much to focus on for each character, or did it, uh, it, it, it no, did it generally it actually, it actually did the opposite. It, yeah. it, 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 the the first scene back and the second scene were you were completely in your head, yeah, trying to get through all the things, that, or or maybe mm. you, some of you didn't end up with anything, yeah. right? You could help get rid of someone else's. We often did that at halftime. Mm. You know, I've got I've got I'm you know I'm a vampire. My daughter's here, and I've got to you know solve the other problem. You know, someone will say, would say, well, I've got nothing, so I'm going to come off and I'm going to solve this one and this one for you, so you only have to deal with your big one. Mm. So often that would happen. Um, but once you cleared the deck of the, the crappy stuff, not the crappy stuff, but the, the mm. superfluous, superfluous, Superfluous? Yeah, that word. Yeah. Um, then you could just work on the, the, yeah. the bits that you really needed to talk. And then did it kind of... Kind yeah, of funneled down it, towards yeah. the end, and then it became a, like a, a real sort of yeah. picked up speed, and um, and uh, you know there was a it was like a spoon river on on crack yeah. or whatever. It was yeah. like it was pe- people knowing that they had to go towards an ending, although we didn't know what the ending would be. Um, we often found the ending when when you got two characters that had different problems but hadn't really met much in the hospital into one room near the end of the one would reveal something or one would discover something and and, um, and if in doubt and you didn't have an ending you looked at Nigel because he was such a good tire upper of right. everything yeah. here's why and he would just rant for about a minute and and come out with this outrageous reason for why this had to happen then this and and I knew you did this because of this and and he was very good at tying it up mm. and we'd sit there with our mouths hanging open going Thank goodness he was here to. On nights that he wasn't on, it fell to anyone that could, you know, yeah, <laughs> could yeah. do it. Yeah. Often, often we weren't up to the to the task, but yeah. we stumbled by. Seems like a lot of mechanics going on in the show. I mean, at the beginning, yeah, yeah. but I think you, I think what you just kind of fell into it eventually. Yeah, once you realized that you you could relax because even if you forgot something, you had the guy in the audience, and even if he forgot something, yeah. he had the audience. Yeah. That was a beauty. You go, ah, oh, wait a minute. We haven't seen that, that that courier. You know, the one that got shot on his way. What was his name? You just turn your head. One of the audience is going to go, Clarence. You go, that's right, Clarence. Oh, you guys want to see more about Clarence? Yes, okay. Yeah. Clarence comes on with the bullet in his hand. Clarence is now dressed as like a lady out back. He throws off his stuff and runs on and you know with a bullet or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you could even to the point where sometimes if you if you because we we've got our clipboard, so we're trying taking notes and trying not to forget anything. But this is the guy the in, guy in the, the chair, yeah. yeah, on the audience. But you could say, is there anything they haven't tied up? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you know, you know the the whatever the blood bank that's been leaking? Oh yeah, the blood bank. Let's go to the blood bank because you, know, hmm. you you wanted it to be. But you did you did that. The penultimate penultimate scene you would you would often throw to the audience. Yeah. What's something we, we haven't seen tied up? Yeah. You know, building it's probably the last scene. Well, you know, what are we worried about? You know, don't go to yeah. you know. 
don't go to the kitchen. They're not even pretending that we're in their lounge room, mm. you know, because uh, something's going to happen to, you know, like, uh, yeah. Dan Cordo's, it, it was a psychologist with a pethidine addiction. And he, he, and, and he was always, he's a, he was like a bumbling lover. He was always, you know, and um, his would often be the one that people would go, well, what about the doctor, the psychologist? He still hasn't solved that other thing. And of course, because he hardly ever solved yeah, anything. Yeah. It was his, his character. So then he'd bumble through a scene and tie up something. And it would always be very funny because he's such a good mm. player. Did the audience like that that tying up aspect? Of it? it sounds like there's so many threads running. They didn't care. They didn't care. We yeah. cared more than they did. Yeah. Yeah. If they if the laughs were coming, it didn't really matter. As long as the main, the love interest and the main thing that was happening to the hospital, mm. those two were at least dealt with. Yeah. You know, you wanted to see whether the, those two got together, and you wanted to see did the hospital survive to mm. to go on next week. Did the audience know who the two people were that were? No. Supposed to get together. That no, was no, preset no, beforehand, no. wasn't uh, Yeah, no, that was preset. Okay. Yeah. Um, on, on the wall behind, it would say first, second, third, first scene, these two, first, second scene, these two, just the, just the, the yeah, actors. Right. Yeah. The, sorry, the characters. Yeah. And it would say first scene, uh, the, 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 there's something going on between friction in the cast. Yeah. Friction in the, in the, in the, the hospital um, yeah. staff. Second scene, beginnings of a love interest. Like, usually we hate each other. Yeah. Something like that. You know, we'll, we'll learn to love each other later in, yeah, the, yeah. in the show. Uh, or or new, new person arrives, you know, and then, and then we know. Okay, we, we, don't, we don't explain to the audience it's a love interest, but we know that you're the two people who will either hate each other or fall in love. Uh, probably. You know, you'll be yeah, in charge of that yeah, yeah, storyline, yeah, yeah. even if you don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the third one would usually be... Um, Nigel and and um, Lindy because they worked so well together and she was she was the matron head of all the nursing staff and he was the the, the, the reverend who would just cause problems so usually he had a scheme you know he was trying to get funding for something and in order to do that we've got to do something um, so that was the one that would involve everyone yeah. you know so you would list out at least the initial scenes roughly what first, first five six scenes right okay um not what would happen, not what would be said, but who would meet. Yeah, okay. And then you were on your own. Yeah. Like, just, just to get it going, so we so we went, we wanted these two to, to start something, we wanted these two to start something, we wanted these two to get the, the big plot yeah. going. After that, we we wanted to make sure that people who hadn't met did meet, because at the beginning we yeah. didn't do this, and suddenly it was halftime, and I go, I haven't met them, Reverend. Yeah. We, not even in the hall. We'd be frantically trying to do a walk by, so we'd yeah, go, "Hi, right. Reverend. Hi, Doctor." Yeah, right. um, just to have something. Yeah. So then we, so we did. We manufactured that after that, and we did. Here's the first five, six, um, scene sort of castings, mm. and then, and then after that, it yeah. was wide open. Do you have fixed locations? Yeah, well? we 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 you didn't we we just knew them by the hand signals. Okay, yeah. So we knew that whenever if if you went like this, you yeah. were you were going to the cafeteria. If you're going to the cafeteria, the cafeteria always started um, stage yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. You picked up your thing there, <laughs> even though it was mine. <laughs> you put it down here, and you walked slowly, and you talked to the lady who was the audience. Yeah, yeah. And so that was fun because people would leave, and then someone else would come in, and then you know, or or they you know they they you know spit on their thing and put it back on the thing and then someone else would come in because they could see that happening and go yeah ooh, you know all that stuff yeah um so yeah so there was there was about eight locations from the morgue to the to the rooftop to the 
ER, reception, someone's room, laundry, uh, elevator, and this thing that we used to say, nondescript, um, you know, meeting <laughs> oh, in the hall. <laughs> we, we, we would call it a pass-by or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 so you'd, you'd preset them, like, even before the show, in rehearsal, no, I guess? Or did oh, we, it, yeah, it come we, out in that when you worked out that you needed hand signals? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. And we wanted, because we didn't want any props, like, uh, we didn't want any location, because it was sort of a blank, you know, slate. Yeah. We knew that the mime had to be a little bit set yeah so if you went to the to the washing to the laundry again it was washing machines down this end dryers yeah. at this end so that you could put some stuff in yeah. and lean against it and then you knew that if you left someone would go back to the same place and get those clothes mm. so that, and it wasn't hard to do that once we all yeah. learned where stuff was i was gonna say i'm sure a lot of people would frown upon doing that but it must be quite liberating once you actually oh, once you know the space is backwards it's, it's great just, yeah it was great because you didn't because you, you you had all you had ready-made gags yeah you know you know well i wasn't thinking no but you can walk in with nothing yeah. and at least know that you your environment was rich for the picking was that it was rich yeah. and, it, and it went and it was it was no one was going to screw with it yeah you know yeah you know and if they did it was it was made clear to the audience, like, yeah. "Ooh, I'm gonna move this over to here." Like, you know, we we were doing it on purpose, rather yeah. than, rather than be sloppy mime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, none of us were were really any good at mime, like, you know. But yeah. at least at least there was some protocol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good audiences. Uh, quite first, good first at the season. first season was quite good. Yeah. Second season was amazing. Third season kind of. It peaked and, you know, we had some good nights and bad nights. Mm. But there was a, in that second season, um, it was full most Fridays and most Saturdays. And that's, you know, over 250. Yeah. packed so they wouldn't let any more in. Yeah. There was a night where we had 267 or something and it only holds 240. So they were, yeah, you know, they were in the lighting booth. They were everywhere. It was fantastic. Wow. Now, I and should was- mention... Well, just to finish that, that, that yeah. was an eight-week run, was it? It's two months, each of those? Something roughly? like that. It, yeah, was, okay. it was September through, so sorry, six, October six, through December. So it was probably December, ten Three months. months, yeah, okay. Yeah, first few weeks. Of weeks 20 shows or so. Okay, yep. Yeah. You are going to say. Uh, I was going to say a crucial member of the cast that didn't get a mention is Olivier Moreau, who was our lighting guy. Yeah. Lighting and sound. And he controlled... Who was speaking? Who was playing? So, he he would um, if he heard a laugh that he thought was the end of the scene, regardless of whether the people on stage yeah. or not. Down came the lights on the stage, and uh, concurrently up came the lights on the the guy in the audience, whether he was ready or not. Mm. Um, so you had an extra element of improvisation, and he was brutal. Like right. he wanted a sharp, fast show. Yeah. So if you were waffling. See ya. Yeah. Up came up came the guy in the audience with either a suggestion to to to, to challenge you to to make something happen, or he just next scene. Sorry, <laughs> that one yeah. wasn't wasn't yeah. working. You know. We so got, how, how how would you edit a scene? Uh, it would be a light fade, would it? Or a, he, he yeah. It, we'd uh, we there was three ways. Either the it would be a snap on a laugh. Yeah. Um, slow which, burn, which is, a lighting which, yeah. which is the lighting guy decides. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a slow burn, like 
turn to the audience and everyone freezes and the lights come down really slowly if yeah. it's a certain scene that needs that yeah. uh, or and then that the was the, the guy in the audience decided yeah. he wanted to go to the next scene and he mm-hmm. usually say next scene yeah, right. and that would be you know, just to let them know that they could clear because yeah. usually when I did that it was a freeze so I had to let them know to get off oh okay so, so what was it? It was just a, like a, I don't know. I'm it's a, to, well, I could get it. Trying to mime a beat. It's <laughs> a, it, it looked like a, a, a big black remote control the size of a house brick. Yeah. Which had a big uh, red, one red button. Yeah. Did the, did, was there a sound in, was there a, like Yeah, a, there was a sound inside in, in there, right? Really okay. loud. Okay. So yeah. the lighting guy, as soon as he heard that, yeah. he knew it. Yeah. Yes. No, okay. That's right. And so we, and when you heard that on stage, you froze unless you heard next scene. And yeah, so when right. you froze, you know, obviously it's, it's like a, you know, it's like a space jump or something. Obviously yeah. try and find an interesting pose if there was one, or mm. you just said half a sentence that I wanted to finish or I wanted the audience to finish. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. I'm so a recovering, can... da, 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 da. he's a recovering what? You know, not alcoholic, not drug addict, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. House painter, house painter. So I repeat it like that. House painter, do, do, do. And the second did it was their, yeah, their backing. Yeah, yeah. So they never had to turn to the audience and get anything. So they never had to worry that, that you know, breaking character. So the, yeah. there was a nice. I mean, apart from people mugging, there was a, a nice fourth wall that didn't get broken. Yeah, yeah. That was the whole point behind. Even at the beginning, we'd go as far as to say, "This is my television screen. Yeah. You can yell at it, but they can't hear you." Because it's a big television yeah. to my big widescreen. Um, but luckily I've got this remote. Um, mm. So then that gave the, the audience uh, license to yell and, and scream and stuff. But they had to do it at me if they wanted something yeah. to go through to the TV. Yeah. Did you uh, play very often? Yeah. Yeah, I played about right. half. Yeah. Okay, because Adam was doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started out, it was always Adam or me yeah. in the chair. And then once we've got the show going... Um, James O'Loughlin was good in the chair too and, and Dave Hillard had a few goes um, Dave Hillard who is now um, uh, at Clayton Oots yeah. a partner <laughs> I'm thinking a lot of these people yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how many lawyers <laughs> yeah, no, you know, exactly, yeah. Dan Lloyd David yeah. Hillard you know, there's, a, there's yeah. a whole bunch of lawyers in there yeah. um, I mean there's good players that you don't see anymore Meg Lloyd yeah. was a fantastic player that's not around anymore I love Dan Lloyd actually Dan Lloyd um, just, just brilliant yeah. you know, you've got um, Peter Callan he's not doing much yeah. impro anymore and yet all these people that you know the Gabby Millgates and Michael Gregory's and yeah Ewan Campbell, Tommy Dean was in the show. Yeah, uh, we used to get comics every once in a while as this right, as okay. a special guest because yeah. they really didn't have to. They didn't have to be Too great much. improvisers because they were being yeah, carried yeah. by the scenes and by. Yeah. Because that that had a. So would the, would the patient always no? Would the patient always be the guest though? Or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unless we didn't have a, a guest, yeah, and then we'd, one, one of us would do it. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And and after a while, it became you. You really wanted to be the guest, if you you know, because that was your night of no worries. You know, like if, yeah. you didn't have to drive the show. It was like, you yeah. Know, and, yeah. And people people who who wanted to really muck about and not have any pressure on them to be, yeah. you know, sometimes that's when you're funniest. Yeah. When you don't have sure. to carry the the storyline. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. you know, people say, oh, "I want to be the guest tonight." Steve Johnson was a great guest. So we're talking uh, 96, 97, and is it 95 or 98? 
probably 98. Okay. I think it was three seasons. So I think there was a mid-year season and then two Christmas seasons. Okay. I think so. Um, And what's your opinion of it looking back in... I guess, where does it feature in the John Knowles canon? Oh, well, <laughs> it, it's it's a funny one. I mean, I didn't even turn, I'll turn the page so yeah. you can look at some photos. Um, I think wow, I, I think we were so young. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, literally, yeah. young, but we were a lot younger. Yeah. That that we didn't know we were making any... Uh, you were going to say history, right? I wasn't going to say history. I was going to say making... Uh, I wanted to say inventing things. We yeah. didn't like we were we were doing it by necessity because yeah. we we had to make this show work with a big cast in that space, and we wanted to be really keeping people on their toes. So we added a lot of stuff that we thought, oh, this will be this will make it weirder, this will make it harder, this will make it funner. And it turned out a lot of things weren't being done by anyone else in in mm, Sydney. Yeah, yeah, so sure. it did look fresh. It yeah. did look different. And um, because they those kind of things had, had not been done before, or if they had, they were done they before been, we existed. And in you know, the I, scene. Think, I think that because we were the young around, people. Because a lot of things you've been talking about, I've certainly stumbled across in the last yeah. ten years, and a lot of things we've been doing, thinking, oh, ah, no one's ever done that before, or you know, a different kind of kind of take on it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, when I got here, no one was doing heralds. Yeah. Because they'd all done them, like the Murrays and the Marcos yeah, yeah. had did like three years of only heralds, and they were like. <gasps> Board of Heralds. So then we got here. It was all short form, and uh, no heralds. And then uh, you know, Kale comes and a few other people from yeah. outside of Sydney, and there's a resurgence of heralds. Yeah. I mean, great. And it's, mm. and it's, it is. It's cyclical. Mm. But um, that was. I mean, the, as you said, the, the fun was 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 stumbling through it. We really yeah. didn't know what we were doing, but we we had a, a great cast. Like you know, Rosalind Odes. She hasn't improvised in a long time, but she was yeah. so fun. It's such a good actress. You know, and we had we had just outlandish sort of uh, yeah. bravado, like we the, like the posters for these were those double sheeters, the biggest ones. Yeah, like yeah. The, they cost eight bucks per yeah. poster for one week to go up, and they were around the cities uh, because we we wanted to look high status because we yeah. weren't. Yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were not the top yeah, yeah. The top shelf improvisers, yeah. and so we had to pretend it. Because you had a lot of, I mean, if a lot of those guys came through the the course with you. Oh yeah, um, relatively inexperienced. I mean, you had previous experience, but yeah, know, not not a lot. A lot of though. those guys were. Most of those people were our kind of rookies. Yep, they were they were in the um, same first, uh, Lynn Pierce class. Yeah right. Yeah, like we we did it together. I mean, at least, um, Penny, myself, Adam, and. And I don't know who else. Wow, uh, James O'Loughlin. We're looking at like lots of newspaper clippings and, and colour photos. I'm guessing, yeah, like yeah, promo photos and things. And there, that was the set. You can see the set. There's Angus Sampson. Yeah. Okay. So you had a um, a site. We had a the backdrop. Back, the right backdrop. Yeah. Um, okay. And how did so you still do the different locations even though the backdrop backdrop remained the same. Every room had a window. That's right. Every every room had a window. Every room had a a filing cabinet. And often we'd make mention of that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somewhere in the middle of an operation, someone could go to someone could go to the filing cabinet (laughs) in the operation. Yeah. And, and and this would change too. There's a, there's a like a, a doctor's a uh, you know, yeah. what 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 latest course have you taken? <laughs> and, then, and then because it was just squiggles, you could go up yeah, close right, and read yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a door. 
because we we thought right. well, there should be a door, and then of course it's a door that can never be used, so it was always <laughs> ah. So that was a running gag. It's like half a door though, right? Yeah, the, yeah exactly. The, the backdrop doesn't actually it doesn't fit across no, the, it back doesn't. Of the stage. It doesn't. And, and this is a bloody heavy background back backdrop. Yeah. It, on the back of that is uh, is it's, that a kind of canvas? Kind yeah, of a thick yeah. canvas one. Yeah, right. and this is only one third the size. It goes up to here and it's folded twice. Oh, really? Because on the back it says, um, uh, "Who's who's who's Marsha Hines?" It says, <laughs> "Thank you, Renell." And, and, and it's, it's it says Marsha Hines has has her whole orchestra, like you know, ten piece orchestra. Uh, wow, it's a it's a cool backdrop actually. <laughs> but yeah, and it was so heavy. We we had to have like you know these really big yeah, eyeballs yeah. to hold it up because it was so heavy. Mm, funny yeah no I clearly remember of, of, of all the I mean I didn't see too much improv around that time but of all the ones that um, I remember I always remember seeing the Improzac ad in, in drum media and that's why for me it, it kind of stands out right. because you know I was heavily into music at that time right and I'd always see this Improzac thing and I unfortunately I never never went so right so I'm sorry about that but <laughs> you, you and a lot of I wouldn't people. be able to get in anyway by the sound yeah. of it oh so. there's, there's a good photo because there's Oh, me in the chair, and there's me on the wall because I'm playing the next oh, night God's Cowboys. God's Cowboys. That's funny. Ah. Yeah, I mean, okay. the, that, that, without boasting, that's a typical night. Like, that is packed. Yeah, right, that's, yeah. We're way at the back of the Herald Park, and it is, like, yeah. full. This was the last night, so that's the cast uh, of the final the show. Third series? Third yeah. Season? Yeah. We brought back yeah. people that hadn't been in it for a while. Yeah. Peter Callan and stuff. Yeah. A lot of people had moved on, or at least, you know, we, we, we by now we had vets. Like, we had, yeah. you know, all the vets yeah, yeah. were in the show uh, as well. Um, mm. Yeah. So that is, you might see yeah. my... It's not- Oh, you can't see the remote. Viewing audio by just looking yeah, at yeah, the photo. Like, no, no, no. I no, no, you really <laughs> love this I got dragged in. yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Tanya Bulmer used to love wearing this, like like a Florence Nightingale. Yeah. Um, it's kind of get up, and it was everyone else was in modern, you know, whatever the year was, nineteen ninety six attire. Yeah. And she was wearing <laughs> Florence Nightingale. <laughs> it, was, it was always funny whenever she yeah. walked on. No one mentioned it, but it was like she was kind of timeless. Yeah. yeah. Were you proud of the show? Oh yeah, I loved yeah. it, and it was so fun to do. Like yeah. every every time you went down there, um, you, like you didn't know if the show was going to be the funniest version that night ever, but you knew because the people had been doing it for so long that there was going to be real camaraderie on the yeah. stage, and you could trust the people to help you out. Yeah. Um, and you knew if it wasn't if it wasn't going funny in one scene, in that scene, because the guy in the chair is is going to be able to um, help you out. Like if like you know he might he might just the next time John comes on he's having a bit of a crap night uh, I'll make him do everything in rhyme and mm. he'll pretend that he hates that and he'll do great and he'll and the audience will love it and they'll think oh he's not a bad guy he after yeah, all yeah, yeah. you know even though yeah. he's stunk in that first scene yeah um, so, so would the guy in the audience do that would yeah. he, would he say I just want yeah. to see yeah. Now speaking rhyme. Yeah. I think. Okay. He'd say this isn't hard enough or whatever. Okay. And, you know, yeah. and he'd, okay. He'd, he'd he'd throw you a bone of something that you'd yeah. love. Okay. You know. So that was our our 
you know, survival technique on yeah. bad, bad nights. Yeah. You know, if we had to, we'd, we'd do a bit of the gamey stuff. If we if we really weren't coming up with mm. a storyline, or, or the storyline got, got solved too early, which yeah. sometimes happened, you know. Why didn't you do a fourth season? Uh, that's a good question. I think it had run its course. Run its course we, we, yeah. we, it was a, it was a, a, a what do you call it? A share? Of Co-op? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, actually, you would have been... Yeah. Oh, look, there you go, four seasons. Bringing in quite a bit of cash. Um, so, yeah, for, so oh, in the right. middle... So it was four. Yeah, so in the middle of the the uh, run, I mean, they, they weren't huge amounts of money, but you, I think at one point everyone was getting, like, $50 a night yeah. for playing, which was pretty good. And I yeah, think it yeah. got up... At one point it got up to 72.36 or some crazy number <laughs> that we were... Just, suitably impressed yeah, and, then, yeah. and then as it dipped it got down to $30 yeah. and uh, in the last season it was about that and yeah. and there was just a sense that you know we didn't want it to go out with a whimper Yeah, and so we we, we, sure. we did this extra strength last season uh, we called it um, and we um, we brought back people like Dan Lloyd and we brought yeah. back people that we knew were going to be great um, for like their last go you know, mm. last chance to see so and so. Last chance to see Penny because she's now a big radio star, mm. or whatever. So that that was that was a nice way to end it. And then on the last night we gave out t-shirts and we did all that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, Do you see it as an important show in Sydney's Sydney's history? I'd just, like to think am it I is. Just making all of that up. Or no, I'd it, like uh, to think it is. I think what it did that I don't think any other shows have done really as well. Um, is bridge the gap between the new players going out on yeah. their own to do something um, completely on their own, yeah. kind of a kind of a, in the sense that you know, <laughs> we hit a glass ceiling. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, you can't do that with yeah. Cedar Sports Inc. But you'd be better off doing it on your own. So we did kind of a stuff you. We'll do it on our own. So the first season, which was mildly successful, and the second season, which was very successful, were really just the core cast mm. um, and then we wanted to play with all these vets so we were so proud of the fact that we had a hot show and they were coming to watch it and yeah. say what a great show um, if they'd say what a great show we'd say you want to play in it <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. Julia Zamiro and you know, Marco and uh, Ewan if they came to the show and loved it you know they were playing yeah. you know because we yeah. wanted them we, we essentially we really wanted to be um, not just really good players but yeah. you know get experience with these legends that we yeah. had, that were, were playing in the grand final when we were in our beginner class yeah, yeah. and finally we had a the show was to uh, to a point where we could we could invite them and be confident that it was going to mm. be a good show and that they'd want to be in it and, and the, I mean the, probably the best example of that is Julia who who became this top character um, and wanted to play in it a lot and uh, really enjoyed it and and we, um, you know, of course, we loved having her in the show because she was so good. But um, it just took on a different dimension when you had the mm. really good players. Um, you just had le- you needed less of the guy in the audience. Yeah. Suddenly, the show was really working because they were really good players. Yeah. Um, and then you could be frugal with his suggestions. Mm. Um, what advice would you give people kind of coming up the same way about shows? 
just wanting to do their own well, shows or yeah. thinking about it or oh, look, you know, not even considering it. Yeah. And... I would say the opposite. I mean, I, I, I said this to to somebody. It was uh, probably quite a few. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, they, they, you know, the best thing that happened was them telling us they didn't want to do it. Yeah. Because right. a had Theatre Sports Inc. done it, they would have cast it. Yeah. We would have got maybe yeah. a go if we were yeah. lucky. But the good players would have turned it into a different type of show. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in telling us that we had to do it on our own, it also meant that we had to go and negotiate with the producers. We had to do our own publicity. This was all being done by Theatre Sports Inc. before that, yeah. and, and they were very good at it. Mm. But the, you know, the, we didn't see, we didn't have the context. We didn't get a chance to write our own press releases. Mm. So having to do our own show uh, from scratch all the way up meant you, you you did all those other little jobs that turn you into producer slash director mm. slash performer yeah uh, and you need those people yeah you know those people and give you a better idea of, of, of show yeah and performance yeah, yeah. As I well. mean out of yeah. Improzac came Who Killed Santa which mm. is a fantastic show um, short lived because it was supposed to be it was just a, yeah. it was the next year it was the Christmas show at Hill Park in a nutshell mm. uh, the people that were uh, that we had used, used, I'd say, hadn't invited. Let's be honest, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were the people we really want. Yeah. Were people like Jenny Hope, uh, uh, Marco Mustak had only had a few goes, and we were now in a position to go, well, let's come up with a show that um, that we really want to do and make and sell it as the Christmas show. Mm. And so we, we came up with the idea of uh, a whodunit um, crime. Who done a crime yeah. about Santa? And so, so it was. It was like it was based on the unusual suspects. Santa is killed in the first scene, yeah. and the audience decides by randomly putting like a Cluedo thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know who actually did it, and then we play out the the night, and then at the end we see if the audience got yeah. it right, and most of the times they did, um, for whatever reason. And it was completely fluke. Yeah, but right, that yeah. was the fun. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Using some of the similar techniques, or was it a different? Uh, yeah, S- yeah, yeah, similar, but but set. We had some set pieces. Yeah. So, right. so you know, the, the, they would all be brought in to a to a, a crime. You know, like a, yeah. a liner. They would all be thrown into a cell. Uh, in the cell, um, they would talk about their favorite Christmas when they were a kid yeah. or when they were growing up, or whatever. And we do flashbacks. So the, a yeah. big part of the show was the center bit where. The four characters, or I think it was five, um, talked about how, how, why it's crap to be in jail on Christmas. And I remember my best Christmas. And we go, we do these completely whimsical scenes, um, uh, you know, completely improvised. Like, you know, well, you know, one, one guy would dump on the other guy. Wait a minute, but didn't, where, didn't you grow up in the, with the Navajo, Navajo Indians? That's right. And you know how they celebrate Christmas? Well, we were in our teepee once, and so you, you, the lighting would change, and we could do anything for the next five scenes, mm. and then the lighting would change back, and you were still locked in the cell, and then we had to escape, and so mm. then you had to use the presents that you've been given by other inmates, which were right. all surprises, yeah. which I, as the director, would yeah, put right. something in a box and wrap it up. Yeah. And that would be the exact yeah. thing they needed to get out. Which you then reused in a in a Cranston a few years I ago. I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it all comes around again. Yeah. You're right. Oh, yeah, I borrowed my own idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, good. Um, any, anything else to add on the, the Christmas card? I do want to touch very quickly on Cops on Heat. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, unless there's any other sort of things that you consider might be interesting. No, on, I mean, there were some, right? some interesting shows like Abandoned Script, which was yeah. very... It was, let's throw everything at the Herald Park stage and try anything. So it was a, it was a huge cast of, of, of new players yeah. trying stuff. Yeah. And it had, again, we tried to get some production value. So we had a really good opening, really good yeah. end closing, and anything that happened in the middle. But when, when we found that um, we wanted to take it to festivals, and Prozac was too big, yeah. cast of six or seven, you'd yeah. never make any money. Yeah. Um, so I... Personally, I said, who, who's, who's at a point in their life where they are keen to go to festivals and will put the work in to write a show? And I asked Murray, because I knew he wanted to do something, and Murray suggested Dave Callan. And so we created Cops on Heat purely as a show to not play Sydney, to just play festivals. Yeah, right. We did end up playing the yeah, yeah, store in yeah, a few yeah. other places in Sydney just to get it up and running. But it was designed to go to Melbourne and Adelaide and mm. Darwin, and we went to all the festivals. And uh, it essentially was... was uh, the old crusty old detective played yeah. by Murray, uh, the 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 new you know, rookie went rookie played by me yeah. and Dave Cowan played everyone else. Right. So he played about twenty characters on a night, and we stick with our two. And we yeah. it had a lot of um, uh, references to other cop shows all through it. And we'd we'd ask the audience for you know what's a cop show, and then we'd do the next mm. scene in the style of that. Show. Okay, was it was it a long form thing though? I mean, it was, was it completely long form. Yeah, and, yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah it, it, it was a crime happened at the beginning. Yeah, we had to solve, solve it, it um, yeah. and uh, and it had set pieces where you know you know we'd, uh, the, the the audience would know uh, where the clue was, yeah. and we'd have to find it using an endowment and by oohs and ahs. Yeah. trying to find is yeah. it this thing is it well let's go through here let's find maybe it's this maybe it's you know whatever yeah. work your way until you find the spoon you know whatever it is um, and that and I mean the first season was really successful successful and when we went back we added uh, Rebecca uh, and then when we, and then we added um, Ross Daniels as well mm. the, the third is, season Stuart in that as well Stuart McHugh uh, no, he, mm. he was in that other brilliant show. <laughs> oh, brother! All oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, which we probably don't have time for. No, we don't today. Um, but I'd love to tell you about brother. I tell you what, why don't why don't different. we um, come back later next year and go right. into a bit more detail on some yeah. of these other shows? Um, you can we can tape it in my new house. We can we can <laughs> do. The reason we've got to leave right now is to go. Yeah, by. we're kind of on a tight schedule. Thank you so much, anyway, for so much time. Oh, um, my pleasure. And uh, um, that was awesome hearing all about in Prozac and stuff. I guess if anyone's got any other questions they want to ask about any of that sort of stuff, they can oh, just ask. Love you. to tell pretty, them. I mean, pretty open guy. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll get to the, the theme because the theme Yeah, do. Really I'll fun. put that on the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, John Knowles, thank you very much. My pleasure. Oh.